Welcome into the official. So we have just finished up our G5 two-part series. We went through every single G5 conference, and Matt, David, and I gave you our favorite G5 recruits. Uh, some maybe will be graduating to P5 via transfer, and some may just offer excellent production in the G5 uh, and maybe hope for NFL upside there, but the NFL is a long way from G5, but they can still be major producers for your uh, C2C college side. And what we're going to do on this episode is now the, you know, what's, what's kind of become a thing for, uh, I did it on my own. And then, um, last year we did it as the official, which is highlighting three star players at each position that we really like. Now this doesn't have to be G five or not. Um, but it's legitimately our favorite three star, uh, quarterbacks this week. And these are guys who, you know, are our favorite three stars in the class, meaning we think they could be actual producers. Um, plenty of three-star quarterbacks go on to become big-time college players and even get drafted high in the NFL. So do not discount these players. They're not going to go deep in your – not really going to go in many of your drafts hardly at all. But these are, uh, you know, hidden gems on your waiver wire speed dial and things like that. So without further ado, this is the three-star quarterback special for the official. All right, all right, David. Just you and me, buddy. RIP. Well, not RIP. <laughs> I was thinking, rest up, Matt, not RIP. But anyway, Matt's under the weather, um, and you know, we, we wish him a speedy recovery, of course. He still got us our clips for the week, as he always does. He's still active behind the scenes, but um, needed a night off, so that's fine. Glad to have you here, David. Um, excited to talk about the three-star quarterbacks. This has become one of the favorite things that the official does, I think, which is highlight these three-star guys. Um and, you know, let's just open it up. I think we've had some slim pickings here. We were, we were actually struggling a little bit to get some names because all of our favorite three-star quarterbacks throughout the process have actually graduated to being four-stars. Um, what are some of those names that we, we've already highlighted that we can't even talk about on this show? Yeah, I think there's like six guys that we've highlighted in previous episodes and on our Twitters. We've, we've been posting highlights and everything else. I think um, – Sam Leavitt was one of my guys that I've been I've been talking about quite a bit. He was I think like in the 40s or 50s, I, and now he's a four star. We're using right now we're using on three consensus, mm -hmm. and he's up to 20 QB 22 a four star right now. So he got bumped up quite a bit. Um, Lenora Sellers. I, think, I, mean, I, I didn't I didn't go back to listen. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the first time we mentioned him, he was definitely a three-star. I mean, most of these guys were three-stars up until like November or even October of last year. And we, we had already named most of them in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. He was definitely a three. Norris Sellers was a three. He was yes. pretty – I think he was in the 30s maybe. Um, he's up to 19. Marcel Reed, I think he was on the fringe. He's up to 17. Um, Kineholtz, I don't remember. Do you remember where Kineholtz was? Because he, he, he's he like was, I, from I South Dakota. I lower than Levitt when he started. Yeah. And, you know, he's some South Dakota guy not a lot of people knew about. We were definitely 
um, discussing him, sharing basketball highlights, everything else. And <laughs> yeah, he's up to he's up to fifteenth right now. Um, and committed, I mean, when we when we brought him up, committed to Washington, uh, yeah. then you know wound up. Now he's going to Ohio State. So I mean, like he got bigger offers, and we you know I feel good that we are identifying these guys, and they are you know process risers. Uh, and then yeah, you were going to mention I think two more. Yeah, Aiden Chiles was another one that we've been. I, I watched quite a few of his full games during the year, and I posted highlights of him. He's just. Um, I actually saw him live at the um, Las Vegas Regional. Oh yeah, he actually looked. He he. You could see the like the physicality and how strong he is and everything else. Um, he was pretty inconsistent that day. It was real windy, um, but he managed to complete like seventy four percent of his passes this season, which was uh, he didn't quite chart out like that. Like it was, um, you know, a lot of like easier passes and like low A dot stuff, but for the most part, he pretty much balled out and he played pretty well in the all-star, uh, all-star event yep. as well. So, yep. you know, he, he stacked up well against his peers, which is good to see. So he's up to QB 12. Wow. And then Matt Bruning was all over Austin Novosad. Um, he was a three-star, I believe. And yeah, I, I think when Matt started talking about him, I'm pretty sure he was a three-star. He's been pretty well-known throughout the process, but Matt saw him at like the Dallas Regional of the Elite 11 when he hadn't even taken a snap as a senior yet. And he was like, guys, this guy Austin Novus had committed to Baylor at the time. I don't even know if he was committed yet. But yeah, he's been a huge riser throughout the process. I think he's been a four-star for a while, but when Matt first mentioned him and we actually had him on a show – Maybe not this show, another show uh, at part of the C2C network. But yeah, they, they've, um, he, we were on Novosad too. So these seem feel like wins. We'll see what they do in college. Yeah. I actually think that, so like Arnold was very, was featured in that Texas regional. Obviously, he was like the big name. Um, I remember Bruning being, because I remember Bo Edmondson was like getting kind of hyped. Like he was. Yeah, he wound up State. at UNLV. So and I remember Bruning being like, no, nah, like no, Novosad's you know, he's better than this Edmondson guy. And now Edmondson's committed to UNLV, so he got a G5 downgrade. Um, yep, so yep. he was all over that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then before we get into our our names that we really like, um, do you want to mention uh, Brady Dragas? Because he is one of the highest three stars uh, in the country. We're not going to necessarily highlight him today. I know he's a dual threat. I'm pretty sure he's got really nice stats, uh, especially senior year, like a lot of rushing when I've watched his film, I don't know if that rushing is going to translate. Uh, it doesn't. He doesn't look like a superb athlete. I know he gets the job done, but um, what are your thoughts on on Drogosh before we head into our six that we've highlighted? Yeah, he's definitely worth talking about because on three has him as their QB six overall, which is just wow, wow. Uh, so much higher than everyone else in the industry. I guess Rivals has him at thirteen. Uh, but 247 and ESPN have 27 and 29. So they're definitely going out on a limb on him. I I saw him in person and like, I guess if he cleans up his mechanics, you know, maybe he can unlock some arm strength or some VOE or whatever. His VOE is low. Yeah. Uh, you know, his, like you said, his functional athleticism, like he has these great stats, but when I watch him, I just, I, I don't, I question how much it's going to translate and like, 
Listen, he's going to a G five school, or is Cincinnati going? Are they going? Yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be Big Twelve. Okay, never mind. So it is a Power Five, but but I don't know. I don't know personally how to like. I don't know how to interpret that just yet. I mean, it's when he was yeah. being recruited, he still was, you know, it, Cincinnati was still G five. I don't know. It's it's just like a weird time. I I, I still kind of in my head. I'm, I still kind of think G five, but. I mean, he had some P5 offers. I don't know which ones were committable, but like Minnesota, Maryland, Indiana, Pittsburgh. So there were some guys that some team, bigger teams that were interested, um, kind of like lower level P5 teams. But um, he didn't pass the uh, basketball highlight test for me is one thing. <laughs> it's like if you're going to think that he's like some freak athlete or whatever, like he's like six foot four and he's like he's a layup machine. Like he just. Oh boy, not, we don't like that here at the official, that's yeah. for sure. And he's just like a hustle player. He's not like skilled at all. I just the functional athletes, I don't I don't think it's really there. So I don't know. Right. On three's been doing pretty well. Maybe they hit on him. I just don't I don't see him in that light really. Yeah, to be fair, we did highlight on three and their success uh for running backs and receivers. Quarterbacks a little bit harder to judge, especially one year in. So we did not really rank them so i don't know maybe their quarterback uh rankings are bad we'll see i don't know we'll have to figure that out next year maybe when we get two years under our belt we'll look back and see how they did at quarterback but yes that is definitely out on the limb you said qb6 or something yeah that's very out on a limb on, on a guy like that um so we wanted to mention him and then we've got six quarterbacks that we are going to talk about uh three stars consensus 24 7 and we like them for different reasons. Before we get there, I just want to remind everybody, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here, if you like the official, what we do with the recruiting side of fantasy, college fantasy, and then that kind of long-term Campus to Canton style format, you know, go ahead and visit the parent website, campusdecanton.com. We've got tools, articles, so much more information than what we have here on the recruiting, but our data tools are second to none. We've got the ability to do player comps, to look at, you know, college stats in a way that you've never seen before and track them on uh, a plotting graph. And you can compare what Julio Jones's college career was against, uh, you know, what Jordan Addison's college career was like and see where they maybe compare. And um, when you're getting ready for dynasty drafts, Debbie drafts, obviously C2C drafts. So we got a lot there and the lowest, um, you know, price to enter is $2.99 a month. So that's not too bad. We've got some other tiers depending on how much, how deep you want to get into uh, all of our tools and, and things that we can offer. So that's checking out C2C. We also are working diligently on a freshman guide. This was a big hit in 2022. Um, and we're going to obviously be doing it again for the 2023 class. And we're working on that. That should come out, I believe, March 1st. And so, you know, we've got about a month lead time on that. And be sure to check back with Campus to Canton. Follow us on Twitter, campus to Can at Campus2Canton with the number two. Um, and, of course, keep watching the official because we'll keep you up to date with all the recruiting information and uh, until we get that freshman guide out. So without further ado, I think we'll just go basically alphabetical here. I, I don't think I don't personally have these guys in any like one is necessarily better than the other. These are just six three star quarterbacks. And they are kind of, to be fair, like the we had to replace guys that we thought were going to be on the show, like that we just mentioned. Right. So 
you know, it is kind of that second team three-star quarterbacks. But we, we got to give you some three-star guys. Everyone loves a three-star sleeper. So number one, Israel Carter, six foot, 180 pounds. I believe he's currently committed to Arizona State, but we're thinking that might not actually happen. I guess we will find out tomorrow on late signing day. His velocity over expected is 6.37, which, uh, David, that's pretty good, right? That's um, six miles per hour over what you would expect, given the type of throws that he's shown on tape. And it's better than average, but it's not mind-blowing. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's slightly above average. It's it's 17th best in the class. So, And I think Matt got he, – he went through a lot of players. So Yeah, you know, we have a pretty it's, it's solid. Yeah, pretty solid, pretty solid. And what we're going to see here, um, and you can walk us through this tape, but a lot of athleticism, which, you know, I'm always going to bet on that at the quarterback position, uh, you know, with these three-star guys. I think this first play is pretty impressive uh, if you know what's coming. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, people lost their minds when Anthony Richardson did that. Granted, it was in the SEC, but, like, that's pretty awesome. Here he's showing off, uh, you know, a deep ball. And it's pretty pretty good. I mean, his receiver had to go get it. It wasn't, like, behind him or anything like that. I do think the mechanics need a little work. Um, mm-hmm. But these are three-star guys. I mean, what do you think of him if he winds up at Arizona State in the Dillingham offense? Is that exciting to you? I think that's favorable. I think we just saw how much he got out of Bo Nix. I, I think you can be, like, um, just a decent – um quarterback and he's gonna i think dillingham is pretty good at maximizing uh that talent and so if he does decide to stay there um the only thing is i think arizona state might be a hot spot for you know a transfer qb is just because i think people will see Dillingham's success um i mean i don't know he hasn't he doesn't have like a long track record so maybe he is maybe he's a fish i don't know but so far it looks like he knows what he's doing um, yeah, I think so. And, um, you mentioned, you know, Jaden Rashada could wind up, I guess there's a little whispers about that. We don't know. We'll find out some more information tomorrow. You mentioned Carter could wind up at South Florida. I think that's what you said. Um, I, I don't mind that in the G five for the college side. I mean, granted the NFL upsides may be a little bit lacking there, but in the transfer era, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, he's interesting. You saw on the tape there, real legit athleticism you know as a runner um maybe takes a a few years to tighten up the throwing but uh he's he's actually pretty exciting i mean i feel like if you like aiden childs which you just talked about him he was a three-star now he's upgraded to four star. he's like 12th in the class i think you kind of got to like carter who actually has shown a, a stronger arm yeah i think so i'm like a realist when it comes to like nfl projection some people will call it pessimistic i don't know I just think that, you know, I'd rather have him go G5. I just feel like he's going to put up bigger stats again. Like, I don't – I mean, he's a solid player, but the NFL future isn't likely at all. So I'd rather just have him go down to the G5. South Florida does have Byron Brown, who actually looked pretty promising as a true freshman. So that's the other Noah discussion Rogers thing. QB, right? Yeah, Noah Rogers is QB. He, he put up some pretty good advanced stats for a freshman. So um, – Getting stuck behind him wouldn't be the greatest, but mm. I don't know. You never know how things are going to shake up. We can only really evaluate the player and then just hope the, hope the chips fall right, you know? 
Yeah, I, I think that's true. And especially, again, in the transfer portal era, I think that's even more of a viable strategy, you know, because they're not committed and have to stay somewhere for three years. Like if they're good and they flash and maybe some other coach is like, hey, come, come. I mean, I got a spot for you right now. And they just transfer and don't lose any time. So I think it's I think I'm more comfortable just betting on talent at this point um, and not really worried that much about landing spot. Uh, speaking of landing spot, you don't love where this guy's headed from an offensive perspective. We have Ty Diffenbach out of California headed to Pitt who, uh, you know, when they lost Whipple this year became, you know, basically just completely run first. He's six, five, one ninety, And you can see it in that picture. He is kind of skinny, uh, all legs and arms, basically running around kind of like that baby giraffe. But I'm going to play a clip and tell me what you think of Diffenbach and, and why you may or may not like him at Pitt. So Diffenbach's an interesting player. Um, he's actually a converted wide receiver. He converted from he converted a quarterback as a sophomore and, and didn't play much as a sophomore. But his he actually had a pretty good, a pretty strong junior year. He's got a really long stride in the open field there. Um, the reason why I, I kind of like him. He does have a live arm. Um, he's going to have to work on his mechanics, obviously. He hasn't been playing quarterback very long. But we don't have a VOE on him. I, I do feel like he has a decent arm. On his junior tape, you can see a lot of um, opposite hash to boundary throws. Um, his accuracy was fairly good, I feel like. Um, he, he completed 63% of his passes as a junior. As, as And, you know, it was a pretty good sample size. I think it was like over 250 attempts. Um, which is pretty good for a first-time starter, I feel like. So I think the the thing is I go through so many of these profiles and I'm just like, no, nope, 0% chance of, of NFL upside for almost all these guys. So like when I see a guy that has that height, um, you're kind of, yeah, I mean, obviously you're hoping that he can fill out his frame. Like if he can put on, you know, 25 pounds or whatever, he's, I guess his QB – his QB coach said he's a, he's a ham, he's a cheeseburger over 200 right now. So he's already putting some weight on, Um, but you know, he's, he hit 27% rushing market share um, as a junior. And then as a senior, he hit the same, he hit it again, 26. So um, basically it's, he's tall, mobile, has a live arm, has, he has tools to work with. I mean, so they're, I mean, instead of a 0% chance of NFL upside, maybe, you know, 5%, I don't know, 10%, who knows? Yeah, I but. mean, honestly, that's that's as good as you can ask for so many of these guys. I mean, even at, at the five-star level, I mean, have true NFL upside is super rare. Like, this is not a given. I mean, we're trying to – I agree with you. When you watch so many of these guys, and I have to say, sometimes the tape watching is not that hard. I mean, sometimes you can flip something on and, I mean, within – three plays you're like nah i mean it's just there's nothing there you watch enough you know when a guy is just just like a jag i mean just like everybody else um and so anytime there's something that's interesting something that piques your interest something that makes you sit up in your chair i think it's worth noting so i agree with how you kind of evaluated and and came up to to diffenbach and you know a guy who was basically unheard of when Pitt lost minchie they went to diffenbach so they already had their eye on him and it is a major P5 institution. So, I mean, I think there's something there, too, in terms of kind of validating the fact that he's an interesting prospect. All right. 
Another guy I don't, I have to say, I don't know that much about him. I watched him a little bit leading up to this show, but really hadn't put much thought into it. Although the offense is intriguing. Jackson Potter, six foot, 480 pounds, headed to Washington state. Looks like they signed him after they lost Levitt to Michigan state. So another team that lost kind of a higher rated quarterback and had to go to their backup plan. But what do you see in Jackson Potter here? Um, and I'll roll the roll the tape and and uh, what has you excited for Washington State? So this is the same idea as Diffenbach, except he's a lot more polished. Um, where he's like this tall guy with pretty good mobility. I thought his, he had pretty good footwork and pocket mobility in general, like that you don't normally see from like these tall guys. Yeah, he's super skinny. He's gonna have to put on some weight. He's gonna take you know a couple couple years probably to get get stronger and all that. But he's real spry, real live arm. He's got a 6.92 VOE, which is solid. It's above average. It's a uh, 14th best in the class, um, and he can move. Like he can, you see right there. He can. He's he's not going to be a dual threat or whatever. But like, he only had 115 yards rushing, but he did hit 14% rushing market share, which we're trying to get over 10% typically. So that he hit that mark. I mean, that's solid. And then obviously, you know, Washington State. I mean, yeah, a good landing spot. Like they hit on leave it pretty early. Uh, they got ransacked on him and then they had to search elsewhere. And he's, he's a pure senior breakout. And these guys definitely get overlooked all the time. I mean, he was bad as a junior. He completed 55% of his passes, 23 TDs to 17 interceptions, negative 31 yards as a junior. And then I, he must've taken a step athletically or something happened. Um, but he went up, he boosted up to 68% percentage, uh, completion percentage and then 27 touchdowns to two interceptions. So he cleaned, wow. I mean, he cleaned stuff up. I mean, 15 less interceptions and he played a 50 SOS. I mean, he played a really good competition in California. So I think if you add it all up, you're like, all right, this profile is decently strong. It's definitely a projection you need. He needs to gain weight, get stronger, all that. But he could work out, and if he does, there's high upside because of the system at Washington State. All right. You got me sold. I like it. Um, keeping in California here, Miles Jackson um, headed to Stanford. So, I mean, Stanford, their recruiting class, you know, took a hit. I, I think, you know, they, they lost David Shaw. They brought in – I can't remember who the new coach is. Um but they had a big shakeup, and uh, I don't really know what that team and roster is honestly going to look like in the next two to three years. I think they're bordering on a complete teardown. But, you know, Miles Jackson is a guy who I find pretty interesting. 6'2", 190. Uh, yards per attempt as a senior, 12.4, which is just tremendous. Um, and then looking at him on tape, he's definitely got – some some athleticism he can run around one thing i really like is that he will move around and make pretty um you know definitive movements in the pocket and even be moving upfield and still decide to throw the ball so he once he starts moving north south he doesn't give up on the play he doesn't give up on finding receivers uh this might be one here he's going going and then you know it looks like he's gonna run and then throws a touchdown so i like that it's you know he I see Mahomes do crap like that where you think he's going to run and then he's still looking up. He's still keeping his eyes up and then he makes a throw. I'm not saying he's Mahomes. I'm saying it's a good quality to have. 
He's got an interesting three-quarter delivery. It, it's definitely looking a little sidearm. I mean, when you watch a bunch yeah. of guys and you flip on Jackson, like it's it's a little weird, a little funky. I don't hate it. I mean, we love sidearm stuff. We love that athletic, you know, running, throwing on the run sidearm stuff. People love it. Uh, but if that's your only throw, I think people get worried. I don't know. It seems to work for him. It works kind of for Philip Rivers. He had that like weird three-quarter delivery too. Um, and he, he's definitely athletic. I mean, he can move around. So he's he's interesting to me. And I think he got overlooked because he's going to Stanford. I would say he's, I think on 24-7 composite, he's the highest rated three-star. So, you know, he's borderline four-star. So this isn't necessarily a hot take, but definitely an exciting player. I mean, of all these guys, other than like Israel Carter, Jackson's one of those that kind of is like, man, he's like, he's just kind of a one-man wrecking show on offense. Like he just does it all. I mean, he just kind of commands the offense, takes over games. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, he was a guy I wanted to put on here. Uh, had you liked Jackson at all before? Yeah, the only thing, yeah, like you mentioned, the sidearm thing. I don't know if maybe he can just keep that sidearm action. I don't know. Um, it's a little bit like a lower delivery. I'm not like some QB mechanics expert by any means, but it definitely seems to help him off script and like outside the pocket. He looks like a playmaker in general. I would yeah. say the Stanford QB room is pretty thin right now. They brought in Troy Taylor from Sacramento State who's had – some pretty good offenses from what I hear. I don't know much about him. So the, maybe the fit's good. He was probably overlooked a little bit too because um, he reclassified. He was in the 2024 class originally and he reclassified a few mm, months ago. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So that's another little tidbit that could be why he maybe didn't get a ton of, uh, you know, uh, recruiting interest. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, shout out Matt here. We've got a Johnny Shepard who has been uh, someone we talked about on the show back when he was committed to Old Dominion. Um, and now he is committed to Rutgers. I believe he signed already. He's 6'2", 230. So kind of like the odd man out here on this whole list because all these guys are like 190 or below. 6'2", 230. Uh, VOE only 5.2. So that's not overwhelming. Um, that's what we got him clocked out. So I'm not sure he, that big body comes with a huge arm, but – it's good enough, and he's he he's got some um, athleticism as well. We'll see on this tape, but like you can watch, and he's definitely two thirty. Like he's a big, big boy. Um, and so you know, some of these are are just some big arms. You know, chucking it up. Um, Rutgers though has still not find a quarterback. I mean, I don't I don't think Wimsat is is a guy there, David. What do you think? I mean, he could compete yeah. as i mean you know year two more likely but i don't think that room is settled at all rutgers still needs a quarterback yeah rutgers has been doing better um recruiting wise but yeah their their quarterback classes whims i don't know he's just not he's just not accurate enough i think um and shepherd does have better accuracy it looks like from, from what i've seen you know he had a he had a 66 career completion percentage um he he hits 21.1 miles per hour, which is really surprising from a guy from a quarterback, no less. That's 230 pounds. I think this is the play that I will. Yeah, I mean, so much like movement yeah. there and, and evading, you know, would be tacklers and then chucking it to the corner of the end zone. So he's got a little moxie too. He's got some moxie. Um, he ran for 2,300 yards the last two years, which is a 42% rushing market share, wow. which is really. It's a really good mark. Um, and it, it was against decent – I mean, his SOS is like 25 on average for the last two years, which is solid. 
Yeah. So I think there's enough there to be like, okay, we could definitely see him, you know, winning the job and who knows what he'll do. Yeah. All right. And then finally, last but not least, a guy we've been talking about for a long, long time here on the show, maybe one of the first sleeper quarterbacks we even brought up, Cal Swanson. And I've got it Swanson. It's Swanson. Sorry about the typo, everybody. Um, 6'3", 185, going to Illinois. So kind of the offense there is a little bit eh. His velocity over expected, I believe, is fourth in the class at 9.9. So almost 10 miles an hour more than what you would expect based on the throws that we've charted for him. And, I mean, I'm going to roll the clips here. Tell me what you see, but you can definitely see that arm. You can see that high VOE. He he does have a bit of a rifle, um, Cal Swanson. And, and what do we think he can do at Illinois? Yeah, I mean, really strong arm, really quick release. Most of his stuff is um, off script, but, you know, he'll have to, he'll learn a lot of that stuff, pocket presence and everything else. He's actually a track guy too, so um, he is real fast. Um, I think he's got a 22-1, 200-meter. That is a big boy throw. It's yeah. only about five yards, but, like, that is a big boy throw right there. Yeah, that's a big one. But uh, You can see the wheels. He's, he can move around and do some stuff. Yeah, the Illinois offense is really run heavy from what I know. Like, isn't it? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Gilema loves to run the ball. Um, maybe they used him as a runner quite a bit too. Yeah, I would be interested to see that. I mean, you said he's a track guy. Not tons of running on that clip there, but um, he's definitely an interesting guy. It's been hard for me to really get on board because of Illinois. But, you know, I I don't think you should always discount the landing spot because good players are good players. Like, they're going to produce. I mean, yeah, he may not be like, I don't know, like a Kent State producer or something like that. But, like, if he's good, they're going to let him throw the ball. That's how you win games. I mean, you know, the coaches rarely will coaches be like, oh, he's awesome. I'm literally not going to use him. I mean, occasionally that does seem to happen, but Matt, Matt and I were discussing like even if he fails at Illinois, maybe he like maybe he goes down in the G5 or something like that. Like, I'm totally fine with that. We're we've been we've been discussing like we kind of just want to bet on guys that are athletic. We, we're probably going to get some rushing yards out of him for fantasy purposes. And a guy with a strong arm, we can make all the throws. That's pretty much what you got here. It's like, I don't know, maybe, like let's say he doesn't develop correctly or, or whatever and doesn't win the job at Illinois and goes down to like Kent State or something like that. And then all of a sudden he could be a fantasy stud. So I'm going to be betting on athletic guys and strong arms in general. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good uh, that's a good word there. And only at campus to Canton will you get numbers like VOE. How many more miles per hour are his throws than, than competitors? I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. So stick with C2C. We're going to keep pumping out all this kind of content. We are wrapping up 2023. I mean, we're going to have a three-star show for running backs, a three-star show for receivers. We might do like an athlete or tight end hybrid show. And that's going to pretty much take us to the end of February. And then we turn the, turn the calendar and uh, only focus on 2024. So we're getting close to the end here of our 2023 coverage. Um, stick with C2C. Happy National Signing Day. That is coming up. You'll get this on Thursday morning. So kind of, um, you know, there's a delay. But, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy Signing Day, David. We still have a couple of these guys who are interesting. And yeah, Nicholas Harbor, who's sounds Nicholas Harbor sounds like he's going to play offense. 
So maybe we'll have to talk about him. I feel like the whole cycle, we didn't talk about him that much because we just assumed defensive end. But it sounds like he's going to play offense. So, um, all right. Well, thanks for joining. I mean, we're missing Matt, but we'll still survive. And then um, we'll be back next week with three-star running backs. So tune in next week. This has been The Official. Oh, my God.